This podcast sponsored by Cherry Hill Volvo. A Cherry Hill Volvo and XC40 can be leased for as low as $459. And an XC90 leased for as low as $629. The Cherry Hill Volvo offers are very aggressive. Spring into Cherry Hill Volvo for incredibly fabulous offers. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Oh, those seized Russian yachts and mansions. Guess who's paying for them, kids? You are. We are. I am. We are. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter. At Rich Zioli. I know you're getting ready for the Eagles game tonight. Monday Night Football fired up. 7.15 kickoff. We'll have you out of here in time. Don't you worry about it. We will not be going late tonight. I promise you the great one, Mark Levin. Of course, coming on at 7 o'clock tonight. So... Uh, before I, I get into some of the news of the day today, I just I had to share this from you. I saw this story in the Wall Street Journal today, and it just blew my mind. Taxpayers are stuck paying the bills for the oligarch seized yachts and mansions. Assets taken from sanctioned Russian billionaires are costly to maintain as legal hur- hurdles hold up sales. For example, $28,000 a week to keep mold out of the Alpha Nero, which is one of the big yachts. So uh, they talk about the Alpha Nero. It's a 270-foot mega yacht, just a little bit bigger than Bob's yacht at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, believed to be owned by Andrei Guriev, a Russian phosphates magnet sanctioned by the United States for links to President Putin. Ever since the $120 million yacht, nearly the length of a football field and outfitted with an infinity pool that transforms into a dance floor... It is sat idle in the sleepy harbor in Antigua and Barbuda. It's a floating reminder of the West's economic war against Russia and the difficulties in managing and offloading billions in seized Russian assets. It has also become a nightmare for this tiny country of 93,000 people. Taxpayers of this cash-strapped nation are currently paying $28,000 a week to maintain the stationary boat, including the salary of an Italian captain and $2,000 a day in diesel to keep the air conditioning running. See, if it, if it turns off, mold will spread throughout the vessel within 48 hours, hours, potentially damaging its hardwood interior and the mural painting on board. A skeleton crew of six, having eaten through the boat's supply of champagne, lobsters, and caviar, toils to ensure the vessel can one day be sailed away. You take $1,000 bills, tear them up, and just keep going, said Tom Patterson, the dock master of the marina, making a ripping up motion with his hands in the marina offices. Well, you know what they say. The two best days to own a 270-foot mega yacht are the day you buy the yacht and the the day the government seizes it. Two best days to have a 270-foot mega yacht. Since Russian tanks rolled into Ukraine, dozens of governments launched an unprecedented effort to pressure Putin to end the war by going after his well 
healed cronies. The Russian elites, the proxies, the oligarchs task force, a multinational government group that coordinates on sanctions, reported in March that an estimated $58 billion of oligarchs' assets, including yachts, mansions, and investments, have been frozen or blocked because of their owners' links to the Kremlin. The initial impulse to make life uncomfortable for Putin's allies by blocking access to their wealth has evolved as the war has dragged on into moves to permanently confiscate their assets. Yet freezing an asset doesn't immediately give authorities the right to take ownership and sell it. In many cases, that comes only after complicated legal efforts to show those sanctioned people committed crimes, a process that could take months or years. European countries have launched more than 300 criminal investigations against sanctioned Russians. The U.S. Justice Department has a team of 50 officials building criminal cases it hopes can rake in hundreds of millions of dollars by selling sanctioned Russian assets, which in turn can be handed over to help build Ukraine. So far, the grand total from the assets delivered to Ukraine by the U.S. is just $5.4 million. The U.K. hasn't turned over any frozen assets. Neither has the European Union. The costs for Ukraine are huge, and morally, I think it is a no-brainer that the party that inflicts that cost and a horrible war should pay, said Anders Anlid, who heads the, the European Union's working group on frozen Russian assets. But that has to be done under the law. In practical terms, it is often taxpayers who are on the hook for eye-watering bills to maintain a fleet of high-end yachts and mansions that no one is allowed to use while sanctions remain in place. A bedroom on the Alpha Nero an Antigua and Barbuda Port Authority agent on the yacht, said um, this bedroom is bigger than most people's homes. Earlier this year, the Antiguan government, arguing that the Alpha Nero posed a risk to its harbor in case a hurricane sank it, passed new legislation and seized the ship outright. The summer tried to sell the Alpha Nero to ex-Google chief executive Eric Schmidt for $67 million. But a company linked to Gordiev launched a last-minute legal fight to block the sale, and Schmidt got cold feet. According to people familiar with the matter, the Antiguan government is now trying to line up a new buyer. There is a long legal path between freezing an asset, which bans the owner from using it, and confiscating the asset, which means the state can take ownership and sell it. Being sanctioned in and of itself is not a crime, so the state has to prove the sanctioned person both owns the asset, which is often held by a maze of shell companies, and broke a law which can justify having it confiscated as proceeds of a crime. Of course, in the United States of America, they don't have to do that with their own citizens. They can just take your stuff and you have to fight to get it back. We give the oligarchs a little bit more uh, leeway here. I'm not kidding. The civil forfeiture, you have no chance of getting your stuff back unless you fight the government. In this case now, they're at least giving the oligarchs the benefit of some due process here. The U.S. is leaving a lot of money on the table from the asset seizures, said Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco in April. DOJ officials have asked Congress to broaden the government's ability to turn over proceeds to Ukraine, including by expanding the range of seized assets they can transfer. The Department of Justice has seized two mega yachts it says belong to sanctioned Russians and is in the process of trying to confiscate them, according to officials. One is the $300 million Amadia that U.S. taxpayers paid to have sailed to San Diego from Fiji. The other is the Tango, a $90 million yacht the United States says is owned by Victor Velkelsberg, 
a sanctioned oligarch with close ties to Putin. Vekelsberg is accused by the United States of tax fraud, money laundering, and using fake documents and shell companies to avoid sanctions and hide his ownership of the tango. U.S. investigators sometimes spend years building a case strong enough to take before a judge for a seizure warrant. That involves shoe leather detective work, such as pouring over bank and property records and also mapping out these connections. In Italy, law enforcement officials have seized at least four yachts and 20 luxury homes, as well as cars, artwork and other items since the spring of 2022. The Italian government last year earmarked about 14 million bucks to cover urgent maintenance of yachts and villas. But the actual costs are much higher. (laughs) Anyway, I thought that was a little nugget for you in the whole war in Ukraine stuff you don't often hear about as you're paying the cost to of the upkeep and maintenance of all their fancy little toys. Uh, Some audio for you from the day today. Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, uh, won't say if Biden supports the striking uh, UAW workers uh, and their demands of a 40 percent pay increase and a 32 hour work week cut three. President Biden will be making this trip. Does this mean he supports the 40 percent pay increase in 32 hour work week? That I'm not, not going to get into the details of what's being negotiated right now on the table with um, uh, with uh, certainly with the parties. What we're saying is that we support the auto workers. That's what you're going to see with the president tomorrow. Tomorrow, This is a, 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 uh, a historic event, a historic trip. And this continues, continues to show how indeed this president is the most pro-union president in history. The most pro-union president in history who's screwing over these guys by his push to mandate EVs, by the way. Um, Reporter asked Corrine Jean-Pierre about polling. It shows a higher percentage of Americans would actually blame Biden and the Democrats if there's a government shutdown. Cut four. um, The White House has made it very clear that it's on Republicans to avoid the government shutdown, not on the White House. But our latest polling shows that a higher percentage of Americans would actually blame the shutdown on the president and the Democrats, not on Republicans. Why do you think that is? And should the president be out there speaking more on this issue? We're going to be very clear. This is this is this will be a Republican shutdown. Right. This is extreme House Republicans who have made it very clear that the, the chaos that we're seeing in the in the House, they are marching us towards a government shutdown. That shouldn't be happening. This shouldn't be happening. This is the job of Congress. One of the basic jobs of Congress is to keep the government open. A deal was made. I mean, I can't speak to your polling, but what I can speak is to the facts. Uh, actually, the battle is over Ukraine funding, which, as I've said, it should be a separate vote. But the White House is insisting that Ukraine funding be tied to spending bills to keep the government open. That is wrong. It's absolutely wrong. Here is uh, Karine Jean-Pierre talking about the polling on Biden's handling of the economy. Cut five. 37 percent of registered voters, just 37 percent proof of the president's handling of the economy. He's at a 56 percent disapproval, the highest of his presidency. And 74 percent of registered voters say they have major or moderate concerns about the president's age and mental fitness. How troubling is that? Here's what we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on exactly what you just asked me, right? The first question, which is how do we uh, how do we continue to support um, uh, the workers, right? We're not going to get into the litigation of uh, of the negotiations here, but what we're going to do is continue to show uh, how much this president is working for American families. 
Yes. And uh, how's that working out for you with polls that show President, former President Trump is kicking Biden's you know what all over the place. Chris Coons, the senator from Delaware, who is also the co-chair of Biden's reelection campaign, acknowledging it's not exactly good numbers here. Cut one. Right now, the polls head to head are more concerning than I would expect. But I would so much rather be in this position of having an incredible record for our president. Yeah, I would, it's not a good position to be in. Yeah, I wonder what could be causing all this. Let's talk about the border for a moment, shall we? Fox News report via Bill Hammer. Uh, of all the illegal immigrant encounters in just the past 24 hours, cut number 10. We're getting breaking news from the border. Customs and Border Patrol sources telling Fox News they've recorded 11,000 encounters in the past 24 hours. They say it's the single highest day in recent memory in that town of Eagle Pass in Texas. Alone, Eagle Pass saw more than 4,000 this weekend. A lot of these are live images now uh, that we've been watching throughout the morning. And screen left is from Sunday, but we saw something very similar just two hours ago. Mm. So it's not ebbing, in case you're wondering. You have to really wonder something, and that is this. Uh, How is it possible? I mean, really, truly, how is it possible... At this moment in time, when you've got Democrat governors and Democrat mayors calling up the National Guard and declaring states of emergency, how is it possible this is continuing with a president who's actually running for re-election? I mean, politics 101, you do something about it. You do whatever you got to do. You do something to stop this because it's just that bad. Whatever you have to do. You got to you got to you got to call up the, the military, call up the military. This is not a posse comitatus issue. This is an international border. Have the United States military secure it. That's what I would do as president. Challenge me in court. Challenge me in court. I'm going to do it anyway because I'm, I have the executive authority to do it. I'm the commander in chief. Only Congress can stop me. So is Congress really going to stop me? No. Then have Congress pass a resolution backing me up and then it's the law. And then here you go. You're good. There's a million ways to do this. Wouldn't a president who's running, actually running for election be doing exactly that to deal with this when you've got Democrats who are screaming and saying this has to stop? That's what I mean when I tell you that I don't think Joe Biden's going to be the candidate. It's little signs like this that tell me that. Little signs like this that, that make me think that the people running the asylum over there don't give a damn if Joe Biden gets hurt politically by this because they're just trying to accomplish whatever they can while the old kook is in the White House. The old codger's there. You know what I mean? I mean, here's Pete Buttigieg saying Biden did what he needed to be done. What has he done? What has Biden done? What have we done here on this? Cut nine. Is the Biden administration caught off guard by this latest surge of migrants? What you saw was the administration, as always, responding as needed to conditions, being uh, proactive where necessary. Were you caught off guard, though? uh, Look, uh, the the president did what needed to be done. What did he do? And often that involves a rapid response, like the rapid response that this administration directed. What is the rapid response? There is no response. That's the point. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on Face the Nation with Margaret Brennan actually blaming Marco Rubio for the surge in migrants. Uh, Cut eight. Well, I definitely think that we need to have comprehensive immigration reform so that we aren't constantly doing this patchwork policy extensions. That has not happened for decades. But additionally, I think we also need to examine the root of this problem, because if we are constantly 
engaging in foreign policy that drives people to our southern border. In this specific instance, uh, U.S. sanctions that were originally authored by Marco Rubio began and precipitated, certainly took a large part in the driving of populations to our southern border. Shortly after those sanctions, those broad-based sanctions— You're talking about Venezuela. Yes. Shortly after those broad-based sanctions were enacted, we started seeing uh, dramatic increases in these populations that were coming to our southern border. And so we have to address the root of these population movements and the migration crisis. And we also have to address the domestic U.S. policy issues when it comes to immigration reform. But you know, the Maduro government has also been responsible for large parts of that. Are you saying that you want to you want the Biden administration to pull back pressure on him? I think we need to reexamine the nature of these sanctions. Uh, The other thing, too, that I find fascinating about this entire question about the border and everything else that we're talking about now is thinking in terms of what the average American citizen hears about on the news. And on this issue, you can't deny the fact that the border is taking front and stage, uh, front and center on newscasts because you have governors like Kathy Hochul out there talking about this and saying there's a crisis and calling up the National Guard. So you can't even have the, the corporate media do what it always does and try to spin for them and try to deflect. This is why Biden's poll numbers are tanking. This is the reason among the economy as well. The economy is still a major issue. Uh, Here's Senator Mike Lee arguing Congress should avoid a government shutdown. Cut 12. Uh, Do you expect a government shutdown? I think a government shutdown is possible. I think it's avoidable. I think we should avoid it. I think the best way to proceed at this point would be to pass something that keeps the government funded for a few weeks. Look, the House of Representatives has got things moving to the point where we may have as many of, as four of these appropriations bills that you mentioned earlier in the program uh, uh, passed perhaps in the next few days. Uh, that's going to take some time, though. They might not be able to get it done next week. And even if they did, it would probably take longer than that to get it through the Senate. So I, I think the best way to move it forward right now would be to extend the government spending for a few weeks to keep it open so that we can pick up these bills one by one. Because it's absolutely true. For a long time, uh, the law firm of Schumer, McConnell, McCarthy, and Jeffries, uh, year after year, in all of its iterations, has waited till the last minute and written up uh, uh, omnibus spending bills, which it drops on Congress at the worst possible moment. Sometimes they like to dis- uh, to extend the deadline up until close to Christmas, and then they use Christmas extortion to get people to vote for it, not wanting to cause a shutdown and be delayed for getting home to their families just before Christmas. This has got to stop. And the best way to stop that is by doing these appropriations bills one by one. Fund one part of government after the other, one at a time until it's all done. In addition to that, you have to separate Ukraine financing from the spending to keep the government open. Have an up or down vote on Ukraine financing separate from that. And again, what 60 Minutes unveiled last night, which was amazing that 60 Minutes actually went there, From their report last night, cut number six. American taxpayers are financing more than just weapons. We discovered the U.S. government's buying seeds and fertilizer for Ukrainian farmers and covering the salaries of Ukraine's first responders, all 57,000 of them. That includes the team that trains this rescue dog named Joy to comb through the wreckage of Russian strikes looking for survivors. And the US also funds the divers 
who we saw clearing unexploded ammunition from the country's rivers to make them safe again for swimming and fishing. Russia's invasion shrank Ukraine's economy by about a third. We were surprised to find that, to keep it afloat, the US government is subsidising small businesses. In addition to that, paying 57,000 first responders, uh, buying seed, fertiliser is just amazing. All right. When we come back, Bob Menendez says he's not going anywhere and he's going to run for re-election. I'll tell you why he's finished in New Jersey politics. Don't go away. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Tonight is Eagles game, of course. 7-15, Monday Night Football. You know, I realized something. On Friday's show, we played the 911 tape of the pilot, Matt DeSantis. You remember that? The... Um, the guy, so the missing plane, yeah, the F thirty five, and then we played the nine one one tape. Can you track that down for me by chance? The just the audio. <clears throat> yeah, the audio. Yeah, I can pull it up right now. There's something about that that we all missed on Friday. All right, here it is. If you want to. All right, this it. is the again. This is the the nine one one call. Uh, so the the, the pilot evacuated. I mean, ejects from the plane and and then goes to a house. And this is the nine one one call. Take a listen. Nine one one. What's the address of the emergency? <laughs> Okay, tell me exactly what happened. I guess we got a pilot at our house, and he says he got ejected. So he ejected from the plane, so yeah. we just see if we could get some ambulance, please. I'm sorry, what happened? Uh, we got a pilot in the house, and I guess he landed in my backyard, and we were trying to see if we could get a, um ambulance to the house, please. Okay. So, like, how, okay. Um, what is the phone number that you're calling from? Okay, uh, we're getting help on the way. I, I give me just a moment. Yeah, no problem. I just Okay, are you with the patient now? Yes. Okay, how old is the patient? We had a military jet crash. 
I'm the pilot. We need to get uh, rescue rolling. I'm not sure where the airplane is. It would have crash landed somewhere. I ejected. Okay. How far did he fall? I was at 2,000 feet. Okay. And what caused the fall? Uh, an aircraft failure. Okay. Okay. Is there any serious bleeding? I, I don't know. I can't see myself. No, you look fine. Okay. You just pull the what did the other person say? I, I feel okay. My back just hurts. Okay. Has there been a report of an airplane crash? I have not seen any um, come up yet. Okay. What part of the body was injured? Ma'am, I'm a pilot in the military aircraft, and I ejected. Um, so I just rode a parachute down to the ground. Can you please send an ambulance? Yes, sir. I've already told you they're on their way. I'm just required to ask these questions while they're en route. Okay. What are we all missing from this call here? I don't know. Does the guy not have an 800 number he can call? Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, what do you just go door to door asking people if he can use their phone? How does he not have a cell phone on him? Well, that's probably, that's the whole thing with the plane. You know, the plane went undetectable and they're yeah. asking everybody, like, have you seen it? It's because the tracking system, you know, it's so, it's an, it's supposed to be a stealth plane, right? Okay, right. So, so you wouldn't bring your cell phone you could, on. You can't even have some, a cell phone. Yeah, that's something right. you'd be able to track. What about like an emergency button you can press so that they can find you? You'd think there'd be a way to communicate. At yeah, the very least, like how about an 800 number? 1-800-SHOT-DOWN or something <laughs> where you can call... And bypass the 911 operator who's asking all these stupid questions. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm serious. Point. What if there were no phones around? What if the guy was in the middle of like, the desert and there was no... Or what if he knocks on the door and he's like, hey, listen, I'm a pilot. I just ejected from a plane. And the guy's like, yeah, you're not coming to my house. I'm not calling. I'm not, I'm not letting you use my phone. What if it's the only guy... What if it was Buffalo Bill, the serial killer? You could use my phone <laughs> and kills him. <laughs> It is weird that he had no method of communicating with anyone. One eight hundred Air Force. I mean, something. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's a good point. It's, I mean, I wouldn't want to tell my boss I, <laughs> I lost the thirty million dollar jet. <laughs> think he was delaying that conversation. Yeah, as long as you can. It's like, oh, my back hurts, but I don't want to let anyone know. Don't you have a number to call the military with? Yeah, but if I do that, <laughs> then they're going to know that I lost the plane. <laughs> But my back hurts, so... I read that he did put it into autopilot before he ejected, so yeah. it was actually just flying around in the sky for an extended uh, period of time before it crashed. But what, what Was there a way that they could retrieve it from the autopilot? I mean, That's what I didn't understand. I felt like once the pilot ejected, you're basically just de you know, delaying the inevitable at that they point. They can't land it remotely like a like a model plane, like, <laughs> a, like a drone? I don't think so. They can't find it. I guess not. They found the pieces of it now. Yeah, now, but... <laughs> But yeah, that is kind of weird that they took them that long to track down. Excuse me, sir. Yes, can I can I borrow your phone? My what? Your phone? Can I use your phone? Why? Well, I'm a pilot. And I ejected out of a plane, a military plane, whole thing. I got to call somebody. Yeah, you're not getting in my house, you nutbag. <laughs> yeah, there's no way I would let some guy wander around my backyard. Thank you. With a dragging around a parachute, I'd be like, I'll yeah. call for you. Just wait outside. Yeah, wait out there. I'll call, and then they're gonna show up. The men in white coats are gonna show up and drag you away with a big net. <laughs> 
And then when he says to the woman, he goes, has there been a report of a plane crash? And she's like, I, yeah, I don't think so. That's when I'm the guy in the house going, who did I just let into my house? <laughs> Who is this person? (laughs) Ma'am, I'm a military pilot. Um, Well, there hasn't been any plane crashes, but there was an escape from a nearby mental hospital of a guy who thinks he's Tom Cruise in Top Gun Maverick. (laughs) So we think it might be you. Just an awkward... No, it's the other guy. And, and we we could volunteer that our number can be the official pilot crash number. I like that. All right. So 855-839-1210 to any pilot out there who, you know, doesn't hopefully, have to go door to door. Hopefully someone's here to pick up the phone. Well, that's true. <laughs> We're not open 24-7 anymore. Just wait until the Zeoli show starts. Then start dialing. Yeah, then, then dial. It dial t- away. Takes them a couple days to even realize the thing, you know, crash landed. Uh, so... Yeah, they can wait a few hours to make the phone call. I'm also thinking if I'm that guy and I just had to eject 2,000 feet, I'm going, my back, my neck, my back and my neck, leg hurts, uh, everything hurts. Got a runny nose. Yeah, I'm just in pain all over the place. I did like the question. Uncle Sam's going to pay. <laughs> I like the question she asked, how far did you fall? Yeah. <laughs> I would guess the answer to that is usually like uh, 10 feet, 20 feet, not 2,000. Ma'am, I, I, I felt 2,000 feet. Okay, uh, can you put the homeowner on the phone <laughs> for a quick second? Yes, ma'am. Uh, this guy's crazy. Why did you let him in your house? Let him use your phone? Wait, he fell 2,000 feet? Isn't what that, he said. Isn't yeah. that low? Yeah. Very low. Like, super low. I don't think he's going to eject from the plane at a super high altitude. No, if I'm getting out, I'm, then why not go lower? Why, not, uh, why, why eject at all? That's a, oh, because you know, I think a parachute needs a certain amount of clearance to open. Right. Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I would think. I mean... So probably 2,000 is probably the minimum you can go. None of us know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, all I no. know is that... Well, it, it just... I don't know. It's weird to me. Like, he was so low. Like, why was he so low? You know what else is weird? A guy in my kitchen calling saying he just jumped out of a military plane. That's also weird. Yeah, that's super low. I'm reading right now that commercial jets fly between 33,000 yeah. and 42,000 yeah. feet. So that's definitely as low as he could get. Like, what, were you on a hang glider? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just, I found that to be a fascinating, fascinating clip over the weekend. And I thought about it after the show ended. And I said, as I was driving home, I kept thinking, how come there's not like an 800 number that these guys can call? 1-800-JUMPED-OUT, you know, something. and. I mean, a website he can go on, you know? <laughs> An app? Yeah. A secret, a secret app out of something. I don't, I don't know. So, and your theory is he can't have a cell phone? What if he got captured by the enemy? What, I mean... I mean, if he didn't come back... Then, yeah, but then... what, if he, what if he fell over enemy territory? He, 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 he can't knock on somebody's door and be like, hey, can I use your phone and hope you're on our side, yeah, you know? Well, then you got to be a soldier. I don't know. It's a... Uh... You got to be, yes, yeah, skilled. I mean, if you're flying one of those planes, I'd imagine you're pretty well versed in combat. How about this? How about you keep like the that? phone off so they can't track it unless you're shot down or you have to evacuate, you know, jump out, which case then you turn the phone on and they can track it and come get you. I, I think we've have the technology to track a phone when it's turned off if we really wanted to. You're telling me the United States military can make a plane that can't be tracked, but not a phone? 
I have a I have a hard time believing this right now. Henry thinks the pilot downloaded TikTok ahead of time. I'm, I'm just saying. Confiscated. <laughs> yeah, Henry. There's a lot of people tracking that guy, the pilot's uh, <laughs> use of that phone, huh? All right. Well, I have another piece. I've got a lot of audio actually before the show ends today. But Bob Menendez is not going anywhere. This is Senator Bob Menendez facing growing calls to resign over his corruption and bribery bribery related indictments from his press conference today. Cut number one. I firmly believe that when all the facts are presented, not only will I be exonerated, but I still will be the New Jersey's senior senator. For now, I want to address four things. First, a cornerstone of the foundation of American democracy and our justice system is the principle that all people are presumed innocent until proven guilty. All people. I ask for nothing more and deserve nothing less. The court of public opinion is no substitute for our revered justice system. We cannot set aside the presumption of innocence for political expediency when the harm is irrevocable. To those who have rushed to judgment, you have done so based on a limited set of facts framed by the prosecution to be as salacious as possible. Remember, prosecutors get it wrong sometimes. Sadly, I know that. Instead of waiting for all the facts to be presented, others have rushed to judgment because they see a political opportunity for themselves or those around them. All I humbly ask for in this moment in my colleagues in Congress, the elected leaders and the advocates of New Jersey that I have worked with for years as well as each person who calls New Jersey home, is to pause and allow for all the facts to be presented. Okay. Uh, Bob Menendez is done, politically speaking, in New Jersey politics. I, I spent a lot of time on this in the opening of the show today, so it's podcast for you, but here are the highlights. This whole thing stinks to high heaven, and there's more people involved in this. The, the New Jersey Attorney General's office Menendez contacted them in 2019. A guy named Grubar Grual, whatever his name is, was the uh, attorney general at the time. He's since left the office. Matt Platkin is the lowlife attorney general now. Menendez contacted the office in 2019 to have them go easy on a buddy of his who was a donor and one of these Egyptian guys. There's also a big prominent developer in North Jersey at the center of all this who's given a lot of checks to Democrats over the years in New Jersey politics. This guy's also at the center of this and this entire Menendez corruption probe. In other words, there's more to the story here than meets the eye. And that's why you have people today, Senator Mike Testa, for example, calling on a special legislative session in New Jersey to look into the allegations surrounding the New Jersey Attorney General's office. But also, regardless of that, separate from that, I should say, Menendez is done politically because at least 13 of the 21 Democrat county chairmen in the state have called on him to resign and are said they're not going to give him the party line. You can't win in New Jersey, at least as a Democrat, if you are not on the county line. The county line is everything. It controls the party endorsement. So you look at it like this, column A, column B, column 42, whatever it is, whatever the party line is, and then you're somewhere pages and pages down ballot away. 
It's a it's an incredibly tight system for maintaining discipline. And Menendez will not be able to get the party line. So he's done politically. But there's more to the story than meets the eye. We have only scratched the surface of this, in my opinion, in terms of the New Jersey corruption angle in all this. Remember, that was Phil Murphy's attorney general who got contacted in 2019. Why they never reported Menendez to the feds, why they didn't open an investigation into themselves after he tried to have them go easy on on this guy makes absolutely no sense. Uh, Here's Menendez today. Cut two, explaining the cash. Third. For 30 years, I have withdrawn thousands of dollars in cash from my personal savings account, which I have kept for emergencies and because of the history of my family facing confiscation in Cuba. Now, this may seem old-fashioned, but these were monies drawn from my personal savings account based on the income that I have lawfully derived over those 30 years. I look forward to addressing other issues at trial. Nobody is uh, denouncing your ability to have cash, although the United States government would confiscate it for most of us, regardless of whether or not we were even charged with a crime. That's for another show. Uh, But it's how you got the money. That's the problem for Menendez. All right. We got a lot more to talk about. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. And Monday Night Football, just minutes away as the uh, Eagles will take on the <laughs> tonight. Yeah. Yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. That's what I said. Yeah. I had a little <clears throat> thing in my throat, but. And we're playing at the. At the on... In Tampa Bay. Right. Right. So, yeah. So, everybody, if you go to the link, Turn around. <laughs> you are way so, off. There's no game there. If you're going to go tailgate there, that's fine. But if you're expecting a game, reason why the lights aren't on. You know who is obnoxious is Taylor Swift. I, I really don't like her. I don't like her at all. Don't you can't say that. You're like why? the only person that dislikes Taylor Swift. That's think. not true. He's not the. He's literally not the only person in the room that doesn't like her. But we won't say who. Um, oh, Henry you cannot, hates Taylor Swift. Then you yeah. cannot, you cannot come out and say. I, I didn't say that. Why can't you say it? They'll come after you. Who? The Swifties. The Swifties. Yeah, that's a Swifties. thing. They should be feared. Oh my gosh! Yeah. They By the way, mountains. I heard Dom Giordano say she's not attractive today. Uh, that's, uh, that's, I, I think she's she's, she's yeah, she's very good looking. Yeah, we'll do skinny though, don't you think? Nah, throw a cheeseburger at her. <laughs> I mean, if Kelsey uh, breaks up with her, Taylor, give me a call. Just saying. Yeah. That's nice of you, Matt yeah. DeSantis, to be her uh, rebound. Very nice of <laughs> I you. I thought it was generous. By the way, did you see the security outside of the box she was sitting yeah. in? Yeah. It looked like the president was there. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would love to kidnap her for a ransom. So, yeah, you're going to have security around her. I mean, it like a, looked like a dozen armed guards. It was At nuts. least. At least. Yeah. I'm, I, all right, so I won't say anything. I don't want the Swifties to come after I me. Mean, we can use process of elimination. You already said you didn't like her. Then Henry said someone else in the room doesn't like her. I know it's not me, so it's Henry. You're, you're just speculating at this point. <laughs> Who else is here? It's just the three of us. I don't know. She cleaned up the Kelsey's box last night, and the, and the media was like, oh, my gosh, she's just like one of us. No, she's not. She threw out her trash. Yeah, she threw out her trash. Wow, wow. she's just like one of us. Yeah, at, at the Kelsey's box at the at the she's, uh, baseball game. Well, she's not one of us because I don't clean up to, after myself at any sporting event. See? <laughs> we throw stuff down on the ground. Yeah. 
Uh, did you see Chris Christie hanging out with Jerry Jones last night? Oh, painful. That's it's terrible. Just... I mean, good, good. You got to watch the Cowboys lose. Yeah, to the worst team. To, in football. Yeah, literally. I mean, it's just obnoxious watching him in that box, isn't it? It's just a giant the, f the you to bo- everybody. The both of them. Ugh. I know. I agree. It's not like anybody likes him, but you know. Chris Christie, who's got nothing going except I could be tougher on Trump. He's not tougher on anybody's slub. <laughs> well, Wednesday is the debate. We'll do a debate preview show. Probably not. <laughs> but is Asshat Hutchins going to be in it? I don't. Oh, I, I don't know. know. I don't think he qualified. Asshat Hutchins did not get in this time. There's only. I know there was seven in as of now. Oh, okay. I saw that today. What about Doug Burgum? I think he's in it, yeah. Burgum made it? Burgum made it. Wow. The list here. The Burgamaniacs. The Burgamaniacs. By the way, they're more fearful than the Swifties. Don't cross the (laughs) Burgamaniacs. We've got Ron. We've got Vivek. We've got Nikki, Mike Pence, Chris Christie, Tim Scott. That's it right now. That's it? Yeah. It's going to be lame. How many was that? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Looks like six. So I, I think there's seven. I think there's. I think Dougie got in. Mm. How old is that? Yeah, it's from yesterday at seven a.m. Lock and change. Lock and change between now and then. All right. Well, listen. Go Eagles and enjoy the rest of your night. If you're not interested in the game, you can listen to the great one, Mark Levin. He's up next, of course, on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHD. We'll be back tomorrow from three until seven. In the meantime, keep the conversation going on X at Rich Zioli. Thank you for listening. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons three to seven. Talk Radio twelve ten WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.